Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. We don't know exactly what Abraham saw when the Lord Jesus said to Abraham that he's going to see his day, but whatever he saw, he rejoiced. And it may be, it may be that Abraham was given the the revelation like John to look into the future and to see that day when the Lord Jesus is going to die as the Lamb of God for the sins of the world. Maybe he was allowed to see that in a vision that's going to happen in that same Mount Moriah. It's just interesting that God reveals Mount Moriah as the place of sacrifice in this verse. He's revealing to Abraham where the Lord Jesus is going to die In Bible here, God is revealing the place of his death, the Lord Jesus' death, before he reveals the place of his birth. Why? It's happening in Isaiah 7.14. Why? Because, I mean, it's not Isaiah 7.14. Anyway, it's somewhere in the Bible. You have to find it. So because the death of the Lord Jesus is more important, it's of paramount importance. So Abraham lifts up his eyes, and he sees the place afar off. Now let's put ourselves in Abraham's shoes here. Let's put ourselves in Abraham's place. Just at that moment, when he lifts up his eyes and he sees the place, that's it. I mean, did Abraham sigh at that point? Did Abraham stiffen up his lips? You know, as for those three days, he's been knowing what no one else knew. Remember last week, we saw the video of, of President Bush when he found out, and he, he was the only one who knew there, in that room apart from the person. Anyway, is this what happened? That he knows that he, he's gonna go to one of those mountains that God's gonna tell, of him, tell him about so he can sacrifice his son? I mean, Abraham is sure that God spoke to him to go to Moriah, go to sacrifice his son on one of the mountains. He knew that. And when Abraham set off on that 45-mile, three-day trip, you think that maybe Abraham had any doubts? God, God, maybe God's not going to show me the mountain. Maybe I'm not going to see the mountain. Abraham thought during those four days that, that during this time, this is a storm. We can't imagine the storm of distress that's going on inside of his mind. And Abraham has to continually, quickly dismiss one thought after the after after the other. And he lifts up his eyes. He sees the mountain, and he knows that's it. And in verse four, you think that maybe he might have, when he saw the mountain, he might have turned to Isaac. And you know what Isaac's name means? It means laughter. And you think he might have looked at we say Isaac Yitzhak, but it means laughter. You think he might have looked? He said, "Well, here's laughter. Here's laughter." Here's Isaac, here's laughter. He's brought such laughter into our home. Both Sarah and I, we, we yearned for decades for a child. And when God, this son, into our home, his name was laughter. He just, we, we just look at him, we just laugh. You know, we, we laugh and, and he just filled the home with laughter. I remember the day when Isaac was weaned. It was such an important thing. They had a great feast, a great celebration in the home. I mean, who has a celebration when a child's weaned? Well, they did. Celebration of the weaning of Isaac. 
And it was such a time of great laughter in our home, he would have thought to himself, and, he, and now I'm called to sacrifice him and burn him up? My little laughter? The laughter in my life? I can't bring laughter home? And you think that maybe Abraham might have, might have looked at Isaac and, and just thought about the laughter in their lives that he had brought in? And turning his eyes from Isaac, you think at the moment that, can't you see Abraham then turning his eyes to God, maybe pray something similar to what the Lord Jesus prayed when he lifted up his eyes and he thought about the cross that he was going to die on. And he prays this momentous prayer in John 17. In John 17, 1, it says, Then Jesus spake, then spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. He gave him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. This is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And he goes on, he says, I've glorified thee on the earth. I've finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I mean, that was a great, the hour is come time. That was a great, the hour is come prayer of the Lord Jesus, just like Abraham. So the Lord Jesus, he, he lifts up his eyes and he sees in his mind that same hill of Moriah and he realizes I'm going to die on a cross on that hill, the same place that Abraham saw afar off. You know, when the Lord Jesus saw in his mind that same hill, he'd see, he so often had looked at that hill when he came to Jerusalem. It's just like Abraham. The Lord Jesus knew what no one else knew, just like Abraham. And can you imagine the Lord Jesus? He's, during those great celebration times like Passover in Jerusalem, when he would be there and there'd be the great celebration of how God delivered the Jewish people from Egypt. Wonderful times. And during those times of celebration, the Lord Jesus was there in Jerusalem. And can you imagine how, how he, like Abraham, lifted up his eyes and saw that Mount Calvary, that Mount Moriah Calvary afar off? It's just, like, it's just a few blocks from the walls of Jerusalem. And when the Lord Jesus saw that same Mount Moriah, you think he would have thought to himself, yep, that's the same mountain that Abraham saw far off. Just like Abraham held that secret that Isaac was going to be sacrificed up there on that hill, I'm holding that secret also that I'm going to be sacrificed up there on that hill. You think that maybe during those times when the Lord Jesus looked at Mount Calvary there that he thought, yep, just like Abraham spent his three days on his march, slowly making his way to that Mount Moriah, Mount Calvary, to make the great sacrifice of Isaac, I'm spending my three years on my slow march, slowly toward the same mountain, Mount Calvary, to make the great sacrifice of myself. But as with Abraham, it was just all this great secret that the Lord Jesus had, that he's going to die for the sins of man on Mount Calvary. I mean, there were times when the Lord Jesus tried to reveal the secret to his disciples, like, like when he went to Peter, and he said in Matthew 16, 21, Matthew 16, 21, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. So the Lord Jesus, there he is. He's trying to reveal to them the great secret that he's going to die. This so offended 
Peter, the disciples, but Peter in particular, it says he took the Lord as if to shake the Lord, as if to shake some sense into the Lord. And he rebukes the Lord, and he's, he's saying to the Lord, put it out of your head, put it way far away from you suffering and being killed. May that be the farthest thing that ever happens to you. And the Lord reacted with such a reaction against Peter's rebuke that he turns, he's trying to turn me away from the cross. And the Lord saw Satan, was Peter was speaking, the Lord saw Satan's words coming right out of Peter, right out of the pit of hell. And he looks squarely at Peter and he addresses Satan directly. And he orders the devil, retreat, get behind me. You are only interested in what, what interests to man, but not what interests to God. And we just figure, when you think about this, and, and the Lord does this, and he walks away and says, I tried, but didn't go so well. And the Lord was frustrated and how Peter and the disciples, they understood nothing about him going to suffer and die for their sins. And they didn't understand about a suffering Messiah who's going to die for their sins. And Peter and the disciples were just like the Jewish people today. You know, so offensive to the Jewish people today about Jesus, about the Lord Jesus. I'll tell you what it is. It's the notion that their great Messiah is going to come to earth and be abused and mistreated and suffer and die? No, no, no. They say, our, our Messiah, our Messiah, suffering and dying for our sins, that be far from us. You've got to be kidding. That's not us. And so the Lord tried to reveal the great secret, and he just moved on. I mean, would Abraham, would he even try to reveal to the young servants about what was going to happen, the great secret that God called them to? Maybe for a moment, who knows, do you think? Maybe for a moment, Abraham considered to try and explain to his servants that, that what God had called him to do with Isaac. But if Abraham did, it wouldn't take long for Abraham to say, no, out of the question, absolutely not. Because Abraham knew it was impossible for them to understand and to accept that God had called him to sacrifice his son Isaac. And just like the Lord, who saw that his disciples would not accept that he was going to die for their sins, but just, and so he just moved on with his life toward Mount Moriah. And Abraham moves on with the march to Mount Moriah. And he knows no one's going to understand this. And just as if for Abraham, there was only one person who understood, and that was God. And, and so Abraham spoke to God. And the same for the Lord Jesus. He's speaking to God in John 17, 1, the Lord Jesus, when he says, Father, the hour has come. And when the Lord Jesus says that, he, he looks back over his life and he kind of summarizes it. He says in verse 4, I have glorified thee on the earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. I mean, the Lord Jesus there is looking back over his life. You think that in verse 4, when, when Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place afar off, uh, maybe he thought back and reviewed the life of Isaac there and just thought about him. You think that Abraham in verse four lifted up his eyes and when he was doing that, maybe his knees started to buckle. Maybe, maybe, maybe he started to get kind of shaky. And that would be the time when Abraham would have to say to himself, Isaiah 35.3, Isaiah 35.3, strengthen ye the hands and confirm the weak of the feeble knees. So in verse four, he's looking out there and maybe he feels like, I can't do this. But Hebrews 12, 12, Hebrews 12, 12 says, Wherefore, lift up the hands that hang down and the feeble knees and make straight the paths for your feet. Maybe think that Abraham kind of thought to himself, you know, when God called me back home to sacrifice my son, it was all kind of a distant thing in the future. But now I'm here and I'm looking at the place. I could see it afar off and it's become so real, so at hand. I just don't know if I can do this. 
And if Abraham thought that, that would be the time for him to, when he needed the advice of Psalm 3124, Psalm 3124, which says, be of good courage, he shall strengthen your heart, all you that hope in the Lord. That'd be the time when Abraham would need the, the words of King Solomon, Solomon, King Solomon, to speak right to Abraham in Proverbs 3, 5. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding, Abraham. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That'd be the time for Abraham to, to really grab a hold of a verse like Psalm 29, 11. Psalm 29, 11, the Lord will give strength unto his people. He will bless his people with peace. And we can imagine Abraham seeing this afar off, and he's, he's, peace is, is not like a river flowing for him. This is a really, really hard time. And he would pray something like that. Lord, give me strength, give me peace, peace in my soul. That's what he needed there. And again, this is all brought out by this slow progress he's going on these three days. And then he turns to his young men there, and finally they come to the base of this mountain, or not really, anyways, some distance away, and that's interesting because where did they stop? Well, I'll tell you where they stopped. They stopped at the place where Abraham says, this is far enough, or this is close enough, and this is where you got to stop because uh, I cannot have the young men see what's going to go happen on that mountain. There's a far off. You may have stopped there. And he thought to himself, you know, if these, my, if my, these young men, they see me bind Isaac and lay him on the altars of sacrifice, they're going to run up this mountain yelling, what are you doing? Stop. Are you out of your mind? So Abraham says, I'm not going to have that drama. I'm not going to have that drama to interrupt my obedience to God. And so Abraham stops far enough away, far enough away so the young men could not see the sacrifice of Isaac. And this gives us an insight about how far Abraham and Isaac had to walk from the place of the donkeys. Let's say it's, it, he stops a point where they can't see. Now it's just not like a hop, skip, and a jump to get up to the top of Mount Moriah. This is a long walk, far enough so they can't see. How far would it have been for the young men not to see? I don't know, one mile, two miles, three miles? But it would have been enough of a distance to prevent the men from seeing what was happening up there. So we can assume it was at least an hour's walk away from the men. And so Abraham has calculated this. There's sufficient distance to give me the, the, the distance I need for privacy. And so Abraham, as he looks at that and sees the distance, he says, halt! And the group stops, and the advancing party stops, and everyone stops. And we can see Abraham there getting off of his donkey, and he's preparing for the final walk, the final walk with, with Isaac to the place of sacrifice. And we see Abraham tying up his donkey and saying to the men, in verse 5, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. I mean, the men had to stay behind. The men had to stay behind because this was a time for only Abraham and Isaac. And so God commanded, so Abraham commanded the men, you just wait here and take care of this donkey. And the men must stay behind. They're not allowed to try and see what's going to take place. This was like Abraham and Isaac were going together into the Holy of Holies of the tabernacle there. We have the model of over there. And because Abraham and Isaac are going to walk into, that, into this place alone, just like the high priest went into the Holy of Holies alone once a year on Yom Kippur. We're going to be celebrating that soon. On Yom Kippur, on the day of Yom Kippur, 
And when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year, no one went with him. He entered alone with the blood in, in the bowl in his hands. And if anyone looked into the Holy of Holies, he'd be killed. This is a private meeting between the high priest and God. We only have to think about what happened to those men who were filled with curiosity when the Philistines had returned the ark to to Israel. And they said, well, this is a great opportunity. Let's see what's inside the ark. You want to? And so these men went there to see, and it says in 1 Samuel 6.19, 1 Samuel 6.19, that God, he smote the men in Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the ark of the Lord where even he smote of the people 50,000 and threescore and 10 men. And and the people lamented because the Lord uh, had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. That's over 50,000 people. 50,000 people thought it would be a good idea to go to the carnival that day and see the show of looking inside God's ark, God's box. And they paid with their lives. So Abraham left the young man below and he goes up for this private time with just himself and Isaac and, of course, God on Mount Moriah. And just as it was when Abraham and Isaac walked up to Mount Moriah for that sacrifice, the young men were shut out at that time. They couldn't go. It was a private time when only the high priest went into the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle once a year on the Yom Kippur to make the offering of the blood for the people. And all of Israel was shut out during that private time of that transaction of the presentation of the blood and the acceptance by God, which resulted in the forgiveness of sins. Yom Kippur was a very private time between just the high priest and and God as he made the atonement for the sins of the people. And just as it was with with the Lord Jesus on the cross, it was a very private time. And and God says, this is very private right now. I'm going to close the curtain of daylight. I'm going to make the earth dark, in total darkness. And so when the Lord Jesus makes the atonement for our sins on the cross, man is shut out in darkness at that time. He's shut out of that private time of transaction, of the presentation of the the death and the blood of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. It was a private time in Matthew 27, 45. Matthew 27, 45, when it says, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour and, uh, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why so? And so Abraham says to the young men in verse five, you stay behind, you stay, you abide here. And then they arrive at the place where Abraham told the young men to stay and wait. And what was going through Abraham's mind? What would Abraham tell the young men that he's gonna do? What is he going to say? He's going to say, now, now comes my time. i got to tell the young men what I'm going to do now. Well, what's going to happen? And so he sees the mountain off there. I mean, he, he couldn't tell him what he was going to do, that he's going to sacrifice Isaac. What's he going to say? Well, he say to Abraham, Abraham, what are you going to say to those young men? I mean, did the young men wonder when they saw the knife for the sacrifice? They saw the wood for the sacrifice. Did they wonder about, where's the actual animal to be sacrificed? Isaac did. And so this is a real dilemma for Abraham as to what he's going to tell these young men and not be lying. And as Abraham thought about it, we can see the wheels turning in Abraham's head. And he says, I got it. I got it. Worship. Worship. That's how I will describe what Isaac and I will do there. We're going to worship. 
What a fantastic word that Abraham used when he described the sacrifice as worship. That's what all sacrifice is. Sacrifice to the Lord, it's worship. When you and I sacrifice our money by giving to the Lord's work, that's, that's our worship. Our worship, just like Abraham was sacrificing Isaac, which is why Jason just said, as he says every Sunday, we don't pass the plate here, but if you'd like to worship the Lord by your giving, we've got a box at the end of the hall because giving is worship. And when you and I sacrifice our time and we volunteer for the Lord's work, that's worship. Worship, just as much as Abraham was sacrificing Isaac for worship. And as believers, worship is our occupation. That's our occupation. Just like David, when when he wanted to to give in worship and he he wanted to, to sacrifice, and the principle there is that the more it costs, the more worship there is. And so when, when David wanted to do this sacrifice and the person said to him, oh, I'll give you what you need. I'll give you the, the, the animals. I'll give you the wood, everything. No charge, no charge, gratis. Abraham says, no way. In, in First Chronicles 21, 36. First Chronicles 21, 23, rather. First Chronicles 21, 23. And Ornan said unto David, take it to thee. Let my lord the king do that which is good in his eyes. Lo, I give thee the oxen also for burnt offerings, the threshing instruments for wood, the wheat for the meat offering. I give it all. And the king, and King David said to Ornan, nay, otherwise translated, no way. Nay, but I will verily buy it for the full price, for I will not take that which is thine for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings without cost. He says, I'm not going to offer to God what cost me nothing. So David gave to Ornan for the, the place 600 shekels of gold by weight. David built there an altar unto the Lord, offered burnt offerings, peace offerings, called upon the Lord, and he answered him from heaven by fire upon the, upon the altar of burnt offerings. Be continued. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Abraham and the strength that you gave to Abraham and the fact that he didn't buckle. And so, Lord, help us to see and to think this week about the pain that was in the heart of the Father when he gave you for the sacrifice. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Reach Israel. 
Join Tom Cantor for the second annual Israel Restoration Ministries Jewish Evangelism and Training Conference in San Diego, California, February 22nd and 23rd at the Creation and Earth History Museum. Early bird registration, only $99, includes a two-day conference pass, meals, teaching, Creation Museum and Tabernacle admission, plus over $150 worth of equipping resources. Come hear Tom Cantor, Dr. Michael Brown, Dan Sered, and more on how we can reach the lost in America and Israel on February 22nd and 23rd. Call 619-599-1104, 619-599-1104, or sign up at ReachIsrael.com. That's ReachIsrael.com. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. Get into the Christmas spirit this year with the Friendship with God Christmas album and hymnal book. With over 50 different arrangements on holiday classics, this four-disc set features solo vocalists, group ensembles, and classical piano tracks, and is perfect for road trips, family get-togethers, and holiday parties. In addition to the audio CDs, you'll also receive a copy of the largest hymnal ever published. Containing over a thousand hymns and melodies, this hardbound hymnal book and CD set make for a great gift this holiday season. Order this Christmas bundle today for just $29.99 online at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information, call 619-599-1104. That's 619-599-1104.